Well, hey guys, uh, my name is Steve. It's a little different sitting on this side of the room. I'm so used to sitting on that side of the room. For <laughs> uh, oh, there's no one new here. So you guys are probably used to me playing the guitar and playing music and stuff. So it's uh, that's really fun. So it's a little different uh, position to be sitting over here um, on this side. But uh, I'm really excited um, to be teaching and um, about this series in the Book of Psalms. Uh, so yeah, as DJ said, we're uh, anthology church, and we're about uh, uniting our stories with God's story to do great work here in our city. Uh, the reason we say that is because when we look at the Bible, it's a collection of stories, it's a collection of books, um, really focused on one main story, uh, which is about God um, and his story um, about himself, um, about who he is, what he's done for us, um, and how we can relate to that. And we have our own stories um, in there as well. And so we're looking um, at Psalms. And what we do when we teach is we look at different books and different stories um, as we're looking at the grand story. Um, so this month we've been going through Psalms um, and it's been really, really exciting and really, uh, really challenging in a lot of ways. Um, the way it's written is it's very different. It's more poetic. There's more metaphors. There's more imagery. Um, there's different types of language um, that is used in there. Um, and so it's really a uh, different style of writing um, in it as well. Um, and so, yeah, and so last week, uh, Jason shared from Psalm 37, he talked about justice and God being a God of justice, um, and how he, because he's just and he's fair, um, he's infinitely good in who he is, uh, he, he hates evil in this world. Um, he doesn't uh, like evil, what's going on, and he's uh, going to, in his justice, is going to do something about that. Um, and for followers of Christ and those who believe in him, um, are also want to be a part of that as well because because uh, he is a God of justice. Uh, as followers of Christ, uh, they want to be part of his justice as well. And so, and uh, the crazy thing is that God uses his people to, to see justice happen. And so we do that at our church, um, as Anthology Church, in many ways, uh, with Relay for Life, the food pantry, um, and other things as well. So um, I'm going to continue that on. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Psalm 73 and kind of, Kind of continue that theme of justice, um, and kind of look, kind of honing in on one um, specific uh, situation that's going on here with a man named Asaph. Um, and um, before going into that, when we think about injustice, and we think about justice that's going on, um, it it is it is kind of um, a reality that happens in our world. Um, even as DJ was praying earlier about what's going on in the Middle East, um, all the the wars that are going on, the, the uh, the suffering that, go, that goes on, um, as well as uh, we think about people who are hungry, um, underdeveloped uh, uh, places um, and communities uh, that are going on. There's, there's people, there's always people in need that need food. Um, and, uh, are, and it's just, you kind of just uh, see it all around us. When we turn on the news, um, I know when we were driving over here, uh, my wife told me, just there was a tweet about three people getting murdered in West Hollywood. Um, I mean, it's just, it just happens, like, even in our own city as well. And when you think about it, um, when you just kind of stop and just think about all the injustice that goes on, all the wrong that happens, there's, there's this kind of sense uh, within ourselves, there's this deep sense that we feel that this is wrong, that this is not how things should be, right? Like, you, you, you're like, everything in you goes, no. He screams out, no, we, this should not happen. Uh, when you watch the news and you see so many 
um, getting murdered innocently, you're like, no, that's not right. It, um, everything within you uh, screams out, no, this isn't how it ought to be. Um, and I, I think a lot of us might be feeling that when we see injustice happen, um, when we see things going on. And that um, is what's, what's happening here in this story with Asaph. Um, he looks at the evil that is around him, and he goes through this spiritual turmoil, this spiritual suffering um, throughout uh, this psalm. And he, he writes about it. He, he shares about what's going on um, in, this story, uh, in this psalm. Um, what's amazing about the psalms as well is that, uh, and DJ shared this too, is that it's a, it's a collection of songs. You can kind of think of it as like, like a record album or your playlist um, on your iPhone or iPod. You know, it's, they're songs, you know. Um, but uh, they, they're written for the people of Israel. They're written for, um, in a sense, that uh, they're meant to be sang in community, um, sang in public. And so kind of similar to what we did earlier today, we were singing songs um, about God. And so that's what people did. They were singing these songs about who God is and what he's done for them and all the amazing things. And so we, we see some of those psalms. But when you look at this psalm specifically, it's something very different. It's very intimate. Um, it's very real and very honest. Um, and it's, it's not something you would think of like, oh, wow, this is something I want to sing. Um, but they did. And so we're going to kind of go into that. And we're going to go into um, Asaph's heart um, and Asaph's thoughts. And so um, we're going to explore that together uh, this afternoon, this evening. So I'm going to pray and get it uh, started with our time. Um, I'm pretty, pretty excited um, to, to go dive into this with you guys. Um, so Lord, we thank you for, for today. Thanks for that we can continue our time of worship uh, through uh, your words. Um, God, I pray um, through, through you, God, through your Holy Spirit, that you would lead us um, to learn more about yourself um, and what you want to teach us through Asaph. Um, and so, God, I pray that it, you would be honored today, you would be glorified um, through uh, uh, your words today. And we just pray this in your name. Amen. So, um, we're going to start off Psalm 73. Um, kind of gave a little bit of a setting. These are, this is a song, again, sang in, within the nation of Israel. Um, and so, um, if you're wondering, who, who is Asaph? Most of the psalms are written by David. Um, there's some by other authors. So, there's this guy named Asaph. Um, you're like, who is he? Where did he come from? Uh, why is he mentioned here? Uh, I don't know if you guys are like curious like that when you read the Bible. You're kind of like, uh, who is this guy? Why is his name mentioned? Um, he is, in, in First Chronicles, um, he's mentioned. Um, he is from the tribe of Levi. Uh, uh, and the Levites were people, uh, they were priests that served uh, the whole nation of Israel. Uh, they cared for them. They performed a lot of the sacrifices, um, a lot of the worship activities that were done for, for Israel um, were performed by, by the Levites. They were appointed by God um, through um, Aaron and then his lineage down um, and the Levites. So they were, they were serving the whole nation of Israel. So this is where Asaph come from, came from. And so David appointed Asaph um, to be the chief musician for the whole nation of Israel. Um, in a sense, uh, in Christian churches, we, we, we call these people worship leaders. Um, these are people who uh, lead music uh, for our church. So Nick, earlier, he was leading worship uh, with Brandon. And so the, they were playing instruments. They were playing the guitar and the djembe. Um, and so back then, they were, so Asaph was, in a sense, uh, a worship leader for the nation of Israel. 
and he was he was leading these this whole group of people in music um, and singing, and so that's that's who he was. He was uh, uh, a worship leader for for Israel, and so kind of a little history about who he is. And so we enter into here, and he starts off in Psalm one. Psalm one uh, says this. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Um, so here, he makes a statement. He kinda, he's kind of setting up the psalm. He's talking about God um, is the only one um, in his character, in his essence, and in, in who he is. Uh, he is infinitely good. There's no evil in him. Another way you can look at that is he's holy. He's set apart. There's no sin in God. He's the only one that is good. He's the only one um, who can discern what is right and wrong. That's why he, he's a God of justice, because he's the only one that is good. Um, and so uh, God is perfect um, and good in and of himself. But not only that, but he's good to Israel. When you look at Israel's story, um, it starts off where he showed his goodness to Israel. Israel um, is, is Jacob um, and changed his name to Israel. And then through his line and through his 12 sons, the whole nation started. And so God um, chose um, them to be his people. And then he showed his goodness to Israel by, uh, they were slaves in Egypt, and he freed them from, uh, from them. He uh, made a covenant with, with Israel, made promises to them. He established laws to them for their good so that they could live a life that was a way that to show the, to the rest of the world that they were God's chosen people. Um, he, he, um, he cared for them. He provided for them. He, he gave them food. Um, he gave them uh, everything that they needed. And so, um, over and over and over and over again throughout Israel's history, God showed his goodness to Israel. And then he goes on to say that uh, Asaph goes, and that the, to those who are pure in heart, um, because, because they were God's chosen people, uh, for Jews, um, this is actually uh, in a reference to Deuteronomy. Uh, sorry, let me look back here. Yeah, Deuteronomy 6.5, where it talks about uh, the, greatest, the great commandment, where it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Um, this is uh, a pure devotion to God. As God's chosen people, when He shows His goodness and He shows His love um, to His people, a response is to, to show love back, to be fully devoted to Him. And so pure in heart, in a sense, is a full devotion to God um, as God's chosen people. Um, and so in their obedience and in, in their following of God, um, they are to be pure in heart. And so, um, and so because of that, God is good. God is good to his people. God shows his blessings to those who are obedient um, to him, those who follow him, those who live out Deuteronomy 6.5 to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, with the fullness of your being. And so God, is, God shows blessing to them. But then uh, we enter into uh, the conflict uh, we enter into Asaph's um, distress. And he says, But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps have nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Um, he goes and he, he enters into uh, Asaph's turmoil, his struggle. He says, My, my feet had almost stumbled. Uh, my steps have nearly slipped. He, he, he's struggling here. Uh, he gives this imagery of slipping and stumbling. It's like when you're walking and you trip over a rock, you, you almost fall, right? It, it's kind of this imagery of struggle that's going on. Um, why? Because he was envious of the arrogant. He was, um, he was jealous of seeing 
the prosperity of the wicked. Um, he, was, he was struggling to see that why is, if, if God's chosen people, the ones who are pure in height, they're the ones who are supposed to have blessing, God's blessing. So why um, is this true for, for people who are wicked? Why are wicked people who, do, who reject God um, are prosperous? Um, and he, 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 start, he started to see um, the struggle. And then he goes even further. He gives more, even of a more descriptive um, language here of wicked people and what they look like. It says, For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. Next one. They scoff and speak with malice. Lawfully they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongue strut, struts through the earth. Therefore his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. For they say, How can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase at riches. And so these are evil people. These are wicked people. These are people who choose to reject God. These are people who say... Um, they don't want to follow anything about what, who God is and what he's about. These are wicked people. And so in that, he says um, that they live carefree lives. They, there's no pain. Uh, pangs means pain in their death. They um, are, um, are ignorant and prideful and selfish people. Um, they aren't, aren't threatened in any way. They, they, they don't care about what's going on. They're apathetic towards um, everyone and anyone that's happening. Um, it says that they wear violence as garments. So they, they're violent people. They're evil people who are um, killing and murdering and just causing destruction. And they, they wear that like clothes. Um, that's, that's who they are. Um, it's part of their identity. Um, and he, they also, um, they eat whatever they want. I mean, this talks about being fat and being sleek. It, they eat the fat of the land. They, they enjoy whatever they want. They don't, you know, they don't care about um, counting calories or... Um, doing paleo or eating vegetables. They just, they just eat whatever they see. And it's like, that, that looks good. I'm going to eat that. Um, cake, awesome. You know, is that your cake? I'm going to eat your cake too. You know, and it's, it, just, it just goes on and on and on. And then you get into where they even reject God. They question God. They say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the most high? They even, they don't, they're like, they reject God for everything that who he is. These, these are wicked and evil people. I mean, you can kind of see, like, Asaph's, like, uh, turmoil here. Like, these are, these are really, really evil people. These are really, really bad people. Um, and it gets into the height um, of their wickedness. And it, gets, it kind of sums up why he struggled. Because he specifically says, Behold, these are the wicked. Always at ease, they increase in riches. Basically, they are gaining more and more money, um, more and more land, more and more uh, cattle and, uh, and stuff. And they just keep getting richer and richer and richer. How is this fair? Why do evil people just get whatever they want? I mean, it's just, Asaph is just like in deep, deep struggle um, with this truth. Um, Charles Spurgeon says something like this from uh, Treasuries of David. He, it's a commentary on Psalm 73, specifically in verse 12. And I think it really it, uh, encapsulates 
uh, Asaph's struggle here. It says, look, see, consider. Here is a standing enigma, the crux of providence, the stumbling block of faith. Here the unjust rewarded and indulged, and that, and that not for a day or an hour, but in perpetuity. For their youth up these men who deserve perdition or hell revel in prosperity. They deserve to be hung in chains, and chains are hung about their necks. They are worthy to be chased from the world, and yet the world becomes all their own. They increase in riches or strength. Both wealth and health are their dowry. No bad debts and bankruptcies weigh them down, but robbery and usury pile up, and usury pile up their substance. Nobody's saying interest it continues to grow exponentially. Uh, money runs to money. Gold pieces fly in flocks. The rich grow richer. The proud grow prouder. Lord, how is this? I mean, can you see the injustice here? Um, I mean, if you just pause for a second, do you, can you relate to that? Seeing evil um, in your own life uh, of people, maybe some, some, maybe people that you know, maybe coworkers that you've you've worked with, um, maybe friends, or maybe even maybe even family members who um, who've hurt you, lied to you in order to gain something from you. Um, you know, it's kind of like. Like when you're a kid in elementary school and you had a bully just beat you up for no reason, you know? It's, that's what it feels like for ASAP. Just, just like kicking him and beating him up while he's on the ground. Um, this is the turmoil that, that ASAP is dealing with when he sees injustice being done. Um, but here specifically, he just goes, God, why do you just let this happen? Not just let it happen, but you're giving them a lot of stuff. You're giving them riches and more power and more money and more land? Why, why are you making them prosperous? Why are you making evil people <laughs> successful? Um, there's, there's turmoil here. And so um, we go on in verse 13 to 14. And it says, 13 to 15, it says, And in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in, in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I said I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. And so he, he goes and he continues in, um, with his struggle. And he's, he said, I've, I've done all the right things, God. I kept my heart clean. I followed your laws. Um, I've, I've, I've sacrificed um, before your temple. I'm, a, I'm from the tribe of Levi. I'm a priest. I'm, the, I'm a worship leader for the nation of Israel. I've done all the right things I'm supposed to do. I've kept my hands clean in innocence. There's nothing wrong within me. I've been righteous before you. Um, and yet I don't, I don't see the same prosperity as the wicked do. Um, and he's, and all day long, he's, he's stricken. Um, he's depressed. He has anxiety. He's struggling. I mean, he's just really brutally honest before God, just sharing his heart, um, sharing what is going on in his own heart to a point where he's seeing it's so destructive that if he shared this out loud, um, it would hurt, harm others, especially young children. Um, if kids heard what he was saying, um, it would harm them as well, and so he restrains himself. It's he knows what he's saying is is wrong and is destructive and is evil, um, and so there's, but but that's what he's feeling. That's what's going on. He's being honest. He's being truthful. Um, so, I mean, you kind of wonder, like, okay, so is this going to turn around? You know, it's pretty it's pretty bleak. You know, it's where where's Where's the hope here? Where, when is this going to turn around? Um, there's good news, it turns around. There's some psalms that don't. I'm going to point, there are some. But 
uh, for this one there is. And so we go into Psalm 16 and 17. And he says, But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Until I went to, into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. Um, right here, um, I just want to point out that as he was trying to find truth within himself, as he was trying to find understanding and seeking um, understanding and resolution and truth to this, to this question, to this question of injustice for wicked people, um, of, just, of the, pros- the wicked people being prosperous, um, he found none. It was draining. It, was, it, it just made him more and more uh, laborious and tiresome. Um, but it was only when he went to the sanctuary of God, when he went um, to a place of worship, to a place of where God's presence is and worship God is where he found truth, um, is where he found resolution. Um, and so here's the resolution um, that he found. He says, Truly you set them in slippery places, you make them fall to ruin, how they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O oh Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. And so Asaph, as he's in the presence of God and in worship, realizes that even though the wicked are prosperous now, it will not be that way for eternity. Um, there will be an end. And God will get his justice in the end. Um, we talk about God's sovereignty um, a lot. It means that nothing that we do can manipulate God's plans. Um, he is in control. He will take care of what needs to be taken care of. Jason shared that great last week. Um, he's a God of justice. He will make things right. Um, and in the end, uh, for these people, even though... Uh, it, it's funny because he used slippery before. Remember in the beginning, he talks about him slipping, um, almost falling in. Um, he uses it again here and saying that actually they're the ones slipping. Um, evil people, wicked people who um, are, um, are chasing after riches and all these things are actually the ones in slippery places. And even when you look at the word phantoms... Um, in, in Hebrew, that word actually um, means of something that has no real substance. It's kind of like, like an image or a shadow. Like they're chasing after these shadows that won't actually fulfill them. It's chasing after false dreams. Um, and, and so in a sense, uh, the things that uh, these wicked people are investing their lives in, uh, the riches, violence, all these things, um, are never going to be... Uh, never going to really fully satisfy them. And God's going to, not only that, but God's going to bring an end to it um, in the end. So whatever they're chasing after, it's, He's going to bring an end to it. Um, so even in this place, He realizes their end. And He realizes what He's going to do with wicked people. But what He also realizes um, is about His own heart. And He says, when, they, when my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. And He realizes that he was, he was actually being bitter towards God. He was actually uh, uh, like, a, like a beast towards God. The word brutish um, literally means being stupid. Um, he, in, in his bitterness, he was being, uh, in a sense, being sinful towards God. And that's what sin does. Um, in, in your bitterness and when you are, are bitter towards God, it, sin makes you feel stupid. Sin did that for Asaph. He was stupid. Um, towards God in that. And uh, he recognizes, whoa, I was so wrong in this whole situation in my own heart. I was so wrong 
what I was feeling towards you, God. My bitterness towards you was, was wrong. And then he, he continues on and says, Truly, you set them in slippery places. Oh, that's not right. Nevertheless, <laughs> I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you'll, you will, afterward, you will receive me to, to glory. Can't read. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I deserve besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So in a place of worship, um, he realizes the, the people's end. He realizes that in his own sin, um, in his own bitterness towards God, the stupidity of what he was feeling, um, he realizes that even though um, that's true of his own heart, God is still good. Uh, and the promise is that he goes and says, I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. It's another way of saying that um, I'm still going to be faithful to you. I'm, I'm still going to be faithful towards you, God, because you are faithful towards me. Uh, you hold my right hand. It's a hand that's used often uh, for blessing in the Old Testament. Um, it's, a, it's a useful hand. It's a strong hand. And so, in a sense, Asaph is using this imagery of, you're the str- God, you're the strength um, for me to hold me together um, and guide me and counsel me. Um, and not only that, in the end, lead me to glory. Um, I'm going to be with you forever. Um, whom have I, have I in heaven but you? Um, I, love, I love this picture. I love the, the words that he uses here. He, he talks about looking forward towards heaven, being, being with God in his presence. Um, he, he desires nothing else uh, but being with him. Um, and even though in this life when uh, his heart fails, when he's bitter, when his flesh fails him, um, God is still good. God is still his strength. Um, and he goes on to end and says, For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that my, I may tell of all your works. And so it, he, and in that, it's, it's, a, it's a response to, to tell everyone about it. In light of everything that he's come to, um, in a sense, what happens here is that he's... Asaph is led, is led to worship. Um, he's led to worshiping God, to honoring God, to praising God for who He is. Um, and uh, that he wants to go and tell people about that, of all the good things that God is and all the goodness that He's shown. Um, and so there's, um, there it is. There's, there's Asaph's, uh, this is the song. This is a song that Asaph sang to, to the people um, of Israel. And this is what Israel sang. Um, it's a very personal song. Um, so, with that, what, what's some takeaway we can, we can kind of uh, learn from this? What, what does this mean uh, for us um, as we're here uh, this Sunday and as we read this? I've got a few things. Um, it's probably not everything. You could probably draw some, some other things. But um, just like Asaph, he realized, you know, what's, what's interesting is that even though uh, uh, God is the God of justice and he's going to bring uh, justice in the end, um, that's, that's not what Asaph needed. Um, he didn't need um, for wicked people to be, uh, to be brought to justice. You know, that's not what his heart really longed for. Uh, what you read at the end of what Asaph really longed for um, is God. Um, and he said, God himself, God is the only one who's good for him. And the only good and right and justice and that Asaph needed uh, was God. And so that's true for us. Um, for us, it's the same. 
uh, the only goodness that we, we ever, will ever need um, is God. Um, when, when we're going through hardships, when we're going through struggles, when we're going through injustice, when we're going through uh, seeing uh, coworkers uh, uh, talk down about our reputation and our integrity, uh, when we um, have people cut us off on the freeway, um, or you know, when we see some, um, some evil that goes on in our city, um, we, we respond to saying that God uh, is good. Uh, to us, and that's what our hearts really need, not to make things right. He'll do it. That, he'll just do it. But that's not what you need. What you need is is, is God himself. Um, for me, a few years ago, some of you, I think everyone might know the story, but uh, I got diagnosed with di- type 2 diabetes, um, and uh, in that, I found out afterwards I have a kidney disorder that uh, that it's caused by it, caused by it, and so um, take, I take medications to kind of keep everything under control. And so in that, um, I also just thought, you know what? Um, to keep me healthy, I'm just going to work out, eat healthy, um, do all the things. And um, that's all. I, I got really, uh, I really cared about that a lot. Uh, I just kept doing it pretty religiously. I, had, I made sure I worked out two hours a day. I made sure what I ate was, um, was good and uh, tried to keep my weight down. I used to weigh... Like I think like 260 pounds, um, and I lost that. I weigh like 165 now. Um, so it's it's cool. I mean, praise God that He's done that. Uh, a few months ago, I kind of had this traumatic uh, situation where um, it kind of felt like my body just shut down, and uh, I thought, and it really scared me. And I, my doctors don't know exactly what happened or how what the cause of it was. Um, it just happened. Um, there's still things that they're trying to figure out, but in that process, um, for the past maybe five or six months, uh, oh, that's too long, maybe past four months, um, I've, I've had really intense uh, anxiety and fear of that. And in the whole time, I was asking God, why? You know, why is, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Um, and you know, I would literally look at other people who are heavier than I am and go, they're, they're healthier than me. And that's not fair. And it was, it was literally, I had bitterness uh, towards God. I had bitterness towards other people. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't fair, God. And um, I came to this realization that um, as doc, my doctors still don't really fully know what the problem is. They're still figuring it out. But um, in the process, I realized uh, the only thing that I really needed, the only good that ever gave me comfort uh, was just knowing that God's presence is with me um, every step of the way. Um, and like in my times of prayer, in my times of solitude, when I'm praying, um, all I can, all anything that gave me a sense of peace was uh, understanding that, that God is with me through it. And it's, all, it's the only good that we need. And so, um, there you go. Uh, next thing is, uh, you know, when this world was never meant uh, for us the, uh, I can't even say it. I'll just read what it says. Do not treasure this world. God is our, mo- our most valuable treasure. Um, we read that verse earlier in Psalm, uh, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Um, and it says that uh, to not store your treasures on earth or roth, moth and rust destroy, but to store your treasures in heaven. But um, it says to, uh, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, what, whatever you find most valuable, uh, whatever you find most important to you, um, that is where your heart is going to be invested in. Uh, and if that's not God, 
then it's something else. And if it's something else, that's sin. And that's, in a sense, it's, it's treasuring something else more than God um, is what I would look at that and say, that's, that's sin. Uh, and that's not what our hearts are meant for. That's not what our lives to be meant for. It's meant to be uh, solely treasured in God uh, first. And so, yeah. And we see that even with Asaph. Um, his, his heart and what he desired was, was the prosperity and success uh, for himself. Um, and, you know, I, I, I want that too. Sometimes I care more about the things that I have than even God himself. And some of you might be feeling that way as well. And maybe you guys need to ask yourself this question is, what do you treasure? What do you value um, more, more importantly than God? Uh, the next thing here is uh, to be honest with yourself um, and your sin. This psalm clearly uh, was a psalm of uh, Asaph sharing about his honesty, about what was going on in his own heart. And he was very, very true uh, about it. And sometimes we're afraid of that. I think sometimes we don't want to, to share with God what's really going on in our own hearts. We don't want to share with others the struggles that we feel, the pain that we feel, the anxiety or the depression that we feel. Uh, we kind of tend to keep that inside. Um, when we sin, uh, we, we tend not to be honest about it. Um, and so, actually, I got this list. Um, I found this from Gospel Center Living, and it talks about six ways we can tend to minimize our sin. Uh, one, it says defending. Um, I find it difficult to receive feedback about weaknesses or sin. When comforted, my tendency is to explain things away, talk about my successes, or justify my decisions. As a result, people are hesitant to approach me and rarely have conversations about difficult things in my life. Another way is faking. I sh- I strive to keep up appearances and maintain a respectable image. My behavior, to some degree, is driven by what I think others think of me. I also do not like to think reflectively about my life. As a result, not many people know the real me. Hiding. I tend to conceal as much as I can about my life, especially the bad stuff. This is different from faking. In that faking is about impressing, hiding is more about shame. I don't think people will accept or love the real me. Uh, exaggerating. I tend to think more highly of myself than I ought. I make things good and bad out to be much bigger than they are. As a result, things often get more attention than they deserve and have a way of making me stressed or anxious. Blaming. I'm quick to blame others for sin or circumstances. I have a difficult time owning my contributions to sin or conflict. This is an element of pride that assumes it's not my fault and or an element of fear of rejection if it, if it is my fault. And downplaying. I tend to give the weight I, I tend to give little weight to sin or circumstances in my life as if they are normal or not that bad. As a result, things often don't get attention they deserve. They have a way of mounting up to the point of being overwhelming. So when you look at this list and when you've read through this, you might identify with some of the ways uh, we could tend to make, uh, tend to minimize sin in our own lives. We, we tend to um, hide them. We tend to exaggerate them. We tend to think that they don't, they're not really there. Um, and... Um, I know I do this. I look at that list and I go, this, this is pretty much all six of them are me. Um, and I don't, I don't like talking about what's going on with me. I don't like telling people what's, what's hard for me or what I struggle with. Um, and, uh, and Asaph um, here uh, shows the opposite um, and encourages, encourages us to go, you know, if there are things that there's sin that's going on in our lives, be honest about it. Be, uh, tell others about it. Share it with other people talks about the prayer of a righteous um, covers a multitude of sins. talks about that in James 5. Um, we need to 
um, be honest about what's going on in our own hearts and our own lives and let people in and let God in into those things um, in our own lives. Not only that, but there's always hope. Um, we don't have to stay in our sin or our struggle. We didn't see that with Asaph. Um, we see that Christ always offers, always offers us hope. Um, through his death and resurrection, through the cross, and what the go- and this is what the gospel is. This is why it's good news. Is through him dying um, on the cross for our sins. It's paid for. It's done. Um, and then he he rose from the dead. Um, that means he has he has power over um, the sin that we um, have been have gone through, um, the struggles that we've dealt with. There's power over that because Christ um, was risen, uh, and there's always hope, and we can always hope in that. Um, and that's the good news, guys. That's why the gospel offers. And, and we can always look to Jesus as our hope. Um, and in this, in the end, with all of it, um, when we see Christ is our good, God is our good, and our treasure, um, it should always lead us to a sense of worship um, and a sense of really praising God for who He is. And that could look like differently for, for each one of us here. But one way we do that is through singing. Um, and it's, it's to respond in a way um, of how great God is, how amazing God is. Even though when we're weak and we're struggling and our heart fails, um, God will always be our strength. God will always be our good. God will always be our treasure. Um, God will always bring right to wrong. Um, and we can always hope in that. And so um, that's what we're going to do right now. Uh, I'm going to pray and we're going to worship through singing. Um, and then we're going to take uh, communion together to remember what Christ has done, the hope he's, He provides for us. Um, and so I'll, I'll invite you guys to join with us. And so I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for um, the story, um, this psalm of Asaph. I thank you for just the vulnerability um, this psalm provides. And I, I pray, God, that you would just, um, right now, lead us to a place of worship, that we would remember that, Jesus, you are our hope. Um, you are our treasure. You are our joy. Um, God, and I pray that for some of us here, uh, we might be going through hard times. We might be going through struggles. Um, we might be even experiencing some injustice, um, even in our own lives. We might be envious of, of other people, jealous of other people like Asaph was. Um, God, I pray that you would lead us um, through these next few minutes uh, to a place of worship and to be honest with you. Um, God, if we need to have a conversation with you in our own hearts, um, where we're at, I pray that you would, you would lead us to that. Um, and I pray that we could sing together worshiping you. Um, yeah, I pray this in your name. Amen.